In 2023, 85% of women are complaining of menopausal symptoms. 10.5% are receiving treatment or therapy. I mean, it would be as if your testicles shriveled up and died at 51. That's the equivalent. Menopause is inevitable. Suffering is not. But a woman is more likely to be prescribed an antidepressant for her menopause than hormone therapy. Women by the thousands are like, oh my God, I had no idea. That's when I realized no one's talking about this. So here's their laundry list of symptoms. We've categorized about 70. So there's brain fog, changes in her sexual function, weight gain. But here's the scary things. And the studies have been done. We see either a new onset or worsening of depression, anxiety, bipolar, ADHD, risk for cardiovascular disease and diabetes increases, recurrent urinary tract infections, which is a major cause of death for women. They're suffering in silence. And I was one of those women. I want to see my grandkids one day. I want to watch these women I've raised grow up and, you know, be the women they're meant to be. And that choice might get taken away from me if I'm not careful. And of course, that's the, those are the words of Mary Claire Haver. She is considered, or she calls herself, the number one menopause doctor. Um, and she's famous for her work with regards to offering information, support, research uh, for women experiencing menopause. And that's what we're looking at this week, surviving at menopause. And we're taking your questions on 011 883 702. Uh, we take your SMSs on 31702 and your WhatsApp messages on 072702. We're joined on the line by healthcare practitioner and the founder of Functional Health, uh, Plaxi Gur. Plaxi, a very good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, Googs. I'm pleased to be back on your show. It's good to have you on the show. Plexi, I don't know if you managed to catch the clip that we played um, from uh, Mary Claire Haver. And one of the things she said, and I didn't realize it was this many, she said there are as many or that we know of 70 symptoms of menopause, which means I imagine when women start experiencing menopause or perimenopause, um, they can be quite a broad range of things happening to them. Um, do we know if it is that many? Is it as many as 70 symptoms? Yes, actually it is more than 70. So yes, indeed, there are multiple symptoms of menopause. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the more common symptoms. Well, the most common ones are what people generally know, things like weight gain, things like um you know, uh, hot flashes, uh, sweating, uh, getting irritable, um, you know, bladder issues, recurrent urinary tract infections, discomfort in that uh, uh, pelvic, what's called the urinal uh, genital uh, system. And, um, you know, most of the changes that happen, people don't associate them with menopause, but those are the ones most people know that they're menopause. And of course, the fact that the person is not cycling anymore, they don't see their periods, then they know they're in menopause. But um, it's it's really like ignorance is bliss because there's a lot of things that happen and women don't associate them with um, menopause. And also seemingly quite a number of mental health related symptoms, uh, depression, anxiety, um, uh, um, uh, you know, suicide ideation. Um, what do we understand about those particular symptoms and their link to menopause? 
Yeah, so that's basically a menopause time is kind of a hormonal chaos time, you know, hormones change. And the biggest problem is that, um, you know, uh, the setup or the conventional way of treating menopause, people just look, I wouldn't say people, the professionals that are supposed to help the women, they just look at testosterone, um, progesterone and, and uh, estrogen. But other hormones change too, the stress hormones, change cortisol the amount of oxytocin that the person can produce um insulin changes so what's the problems that they, that um these hormones are not being addressed and one of the most important hormones that um, is responsible for controlling your mood controlling the way you sleep is progesterone mm-hmm. and what happens is at the age of, let's say, about 35, I mean, to vary, some people will be 37, some people 40, uh, progesterone starts dwindling very fast mm-hmm. relative to estrogen. So both estrogen and progesterone are coming down, but progesterone more so. So what that means is that the ratio between the estrogen and progesterone is getting worse and worse because the rate at which progesterone is declining is far much faster than what the what, um estrogen is doing Mm -hmm. so without estrogen the person doesn't sleep they start experiencing insomnia so i don't know if you have ever had a night where you don't sleep well how do you feel the following morning i generally don't sleep well (laughs) my sleep sleep (laughs) is appalling (laughs) no we need to fix that it's it's your human right to sleep well it is Yeah, so one of the things is, you know, I always tell progesterone is like it's your calming tablet. It makes you sleep well. It makes you feel good. And if without enough progesterone, you get very irritable. And um, so that's the main reason is usually because the person is lacking progesterone. And guess what? Most of the uh, professionals that give that help women with hormones, they give them estrogen. That's it. When they get into menopause, they give them estrogen. And um, leave them without progesterone, and there's far much more problems there. You know, the risk of maybe getting cancer, um, uh, endometrial cancer. You know, it it kind of increases because you're just getting estrogen. But anyway, I hope I answered that point about how you know the mood changes because of the lack of uh, progesterone. Yeah, and so also I was learning this week that sometimes the symptoms you know you've described or I just mentioned can start quite long before the person's um, periods end and they are menopausal in a thing called perimenopause. Sometimes eight to ten years before you are actually menopausal. What do we know about perimenopause? Okay, so perimenopause is obviously the period be- before the woman gets menopause, or in other words, just they are rounding off. You know, you you know when you are born, you know you've got an infinite number of um, eggs that you're going to produce. So from the age about of thirty five, you know that's why you find that people become less. Um, fatal as they get older. So they are losing the hormones from about age 35 to about 49. So during that period, you know, you find that most women would tell you their periods start to change. They are not as irregular and some of them start even bleeding excessively. So during that period, all the hormones are changing. The hormones that I mentioned, cortisol, insulin, and this is where the weight gain comes in progesterone, testosterone, uh, and estrogen. And the woman starts experiencing symptoms, but when they go to a traditional doctor, 
they, they are they are gaslit. They are dismissed. They are told you're getting old. They're told you've got too much stress. And, and they buy into this. And so instead of getting uh, a help with a hormonal balance, you know, somebody said to me, um, you know, I can't remember who was this person. He says, you are what your hormones say what you are, you know. So instead of trying to help this woman balance their hormones through lifestyle, through maybe a, a hormonal cream, they get an antidepressive pill, for example, and, and um, because they're told you are being moody, you know, instead of, you know, identifying that this is actually a hormonal deficiency uh, uh, syndrome. So that's what happens. They perimenopause can start as early as 35 years for some women. So there is a genetic predisposition when you're going to get enter into perimenopause. We've received a few messages. Mapule says on WhatsApp, Googs, menopause is horrible. I've been suffering mm. with hot flushes for seven years. I was, I was on hormone replacement therapy and I was told you can't be on this treatment for more than five years. Otherwise, I risk having cancer. The hot flushes love showing off while I'm in the company of other people. You sweat. How embarrassing is that? It's really not nice to go through this. Is it uh, correct what Mapule was told that you can't be on... Um, hormone replacement therapy for more than five years because of the risk of developing cancer? Let me address that one. So what basically happened, Googs, is there was a study that was done in 2001 in the United States. It's called the Women's Health Initiative, right? And what they were trying to prove there is to, to see how hormones help women. But the study was stopped quite early and there were a lot of um, shortfalls with that study. In the first place, women were given synthetic hormones. They were given um, Primera, which is uh, estrogen that comes from the, um, from the urine of uh, a, a horse. Okay? And they were given a synthetic progesterone called progestin. Right. So that study scared everybody because it was front page. It scared all the, you know, the health practitioners, it scared all the women because the results there um, say that, you know, they found that, you know, hormone replacement therapy will result in women increasing their chance of getting cancer. But look at it. It was not the right type of hormones. It was not the right group of women, the interpretation. So most doctors are not skilled in terms of prescribing these hormones. So they cover themselves because obviously they're doing, trying to do the best for their, for their, for their patient. But we believe in, in 21st century now that we've got what's called bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So in other words, you get hormones that are almost identical to, um, to what your body would have produced. So you get um, a progesterone and an estrogen that is bioidentical. In other words, the molecular structure of these um, hormones that you take, uh, and usually you don't take them. That's another thing. In that study, people were given oral estrogen, right? So that increases the, the, the... So if you get a synthetic estrogen and it's oral, you can increase the chance of getting breast cancer. But if, some, if you go to somebody who is competent, who is going to check do you have a genetic predisposition of running into trouble with these hormones? In other words, are you going to get blood clots? Are you, going, are you likely to, going to get cancer? It's got to do with the way the woman detoxifies the estrogen. So then you get a bioidentical hormone, bioidentical hormones, 
compounded for you, Googs. So in other words, this doctor takes your blood, checks the level of all your hormones in your body, and then they get a formula compounded for you. Not one size doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. So actually, you you reduce your chances of getting cancer because what's happening now is since about um, in the 1980, I can't remember the exact year, the rate of breast cancer has increased by 400%. And in the same vein, women are shying away from hormone replacement and they're not getting it. So you tell me if women are no longer using hormone replacement therapy, but the, the, the rate of breast cancer is, is increasing at an exponential rate. Where is that coming from? Mm. Most women are not on hormone replacement therapy, but the, the rate of breast cancer is there. I mean, you and I know somebody who has had breast cancer. Mm. The other question uh, we got here was from uh, TPM who says, I stopped menstruation at 37. I'm now 47. Is this normal? I'm not sexually active and I don't remember being menopausal. So their their period stopped at 37 and it's been over 10 years now. Yeah, so that's early menopause. So they are menopausal. The moment, for whatever reason, whether you've had a surgical procedure or whether you've had chemotherapy, something that stops you seeing your cycle, you are menopausal. It doesn't matter your age. You can get menopausal at the age of 25. You know, if you were to to to, um, to have your ovaries removed at that age for whatever reason, let's say maybe there was cancer on the ovaries, you are menopausal. So it doesn't matter the age. If you're not seeing your period and you're not cycling regularly, you are menopausal and you need help. And um, what I would like to say to women is that you owe it yourself to make the homework to find somebody who is competent right, to help you because there is no reason you should suffer, definitely. You know, we all go through menopause, but, you know, it's far much difficult to go through life with hormones that are out of balance than actually addressing your hormones because you can be menopause for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how, what type of life that is? Um, Plexi, you have a menopause masterclass that's coming up on the 2nd of March. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about it and who is it for? So maybe you you are the person that is about to either be menopausal. Could it also be for partners? Maybe you are living with someone, they are perimenopausal or they've just started um, you know, menopause. Could they also benefit from attending the masterclass? Well, yes, definitely, because menopause affects everybody you've got a mom i've got a mom and um, a partner you could have a partner you can even even have a boy a, a, a boss or a sister so this this will benefit everybody but however this particular class we're doing it for perimenopausal and menopausal women just because i think this discussion is is it's an in it's an infancy so in other words, we're not there yet where men, um, and we're trying to bring it to the men as well. But we want women to understand this so that they can go and share with their partners. But the, the view is, um, the idea is that in the future, we really want partners to come and understand so that they can understand what their partner is going through. You know, one of the symptoms of menopause and perimenopause books is divorce. Do you know when divorce happens? No. During those years. Uh-huh. Sure. And so if someone's yeah. looking to attend the masterclass or find out more information, where do they find it? 
Okay, so unfortunately, this is, well, fortunately as well, is that this is a live presentation. So it's a workshop where we're going to have these physical ladies where they're going to meet, they're going to, um, you know, to share their experiences and also listen to us and um, talking about menopause. So people can go to Functional Vitality One, that's on Instagram, or they can go to uh, Functional Vitality Hub, that's on um, that is on on Facebook, or they can contact us uh, in the office. Um, our number is zero eight one five eight six nine eight double five. So that's zero eight one five eight six nine eight double five. Correct. Great, Plexi. It's great to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Oh, it was my pleasure, Googs. Thank you. Thank you so much. That is healthcare practitioner and the founder of Functional Health, uh, Plexi Gur, joining us this morning.